Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the You Can't Make This Stuff Up edition. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jill, that is every edition. Is, it really is. I could... I, <laughs> Uh, this is coming from a very creative person, too. I cannot make any of this up. That's true. Ever. <laughs> That's the, we, we've talked about a lot of shit. <laughs> a lot of stuff. And I am very creative. Yeah. <laughs> I like how I'm so creative. I can't think of another word <laughs> yes, for creative. <laughs> a blank look on her face. <laughs> so, today is episode 063 Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did read this uh, moments ago. Seconds. Just seconds ago before we started recording. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is two of my favorite things, uh, which is cocaine. I don't do it anymore. Don't worry. And hippos. Okay. <laughs> I thought one of them was Pablo. And I'd be like, well, you didn't tell me that. He's fine. Uh <laughs> No, I love uppers and hippos, so. I know, and they really but go together. But not doing them. <laughs> they really go together, so. Apparently they do. So, uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with uh, lover of cocaine and hippos, Marissa oh Riley. Thank you, that is me. It's me. That's, <laughs> welcome to me. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time listening, Welcome to the flock. Welcome. Uh, Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about until seconds before the episode when I totally cheated and looked over Jill's shoulder because I saw the word cocaine. How many times can I say, (laughs) can I talk about this? Uh, Apparently a lot. It's going to be one of those episodes where you have to, it's going to be a drinking game. Oh my God. You know. Get get your get yourself get something. your white wine ready. <laughs> That's right, y'all. <laughs> your spritzer of choice. Yes. That's right. That's... Uh, yeah, today is going to be a journey, my friends. There are <laughs> twists, there are turns, there are so many implausible moments that this. If, if this became a Netflix series, you'd be like, "This is too much. It's way over the top. That shit would never happen." Ooh. But it fucking happened. It's. There's a lot. Okay. There's a lot. And my I'm friends, ready. if this podcast teaches anyone anything, it's that the truth is way weirder than any fiction the human mind can try and come up with. It's true. So. <laughs> it's so true. The, the world is so weird. <laughs> so. <laughs> the world is more creative than all of us combined. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about hippos, but these hippos are very, very special because of where they came from where they are now, and how they even made some legal history progressing the rights of animals. I love it. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's fucking crazy. Wow. So should we begin? Yes. All right, let's just do it. Let's strap in, folks, because we're heading to to beautiful South America. Of course we are. Yes. Specifically to a little country you may have heard of, uh, Colombia. Ah, how did I know? (laughs) And we're standing outside a middle-class home in the equally gorgeous city of Medellin. Oh, A place so quaint, it was nicknamed the City of Eternal Spring, thanks to its year-round agreeable weather. Totally chill. Yeah. No big deal. Exactly. For my fellow geographically challenged Americans, don't worry, I got you. We could find all of this together. Uh, Picture the continent of South America. Okay. Point to the very northwest corner. You got it. Right where that long, skinny landmass of Central America touches South America. Yes. Right there is Colombia. Found it. 
Now, point to the middle of Colombia. Okay. And there's the capital, Bogota, and just a wee eight-hour car ride northwest from there is where we are, standing outside a home in Medellin. 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 Okay. It's 1993, a picturesque day that took a turn right out of an episode of Cops from the same decade. (laughs) Oh, no. Eight members of Colombia's special ops unit blew open the door to said home, subsequently engaging in a firefight with the two men inside. Oh my god, okay. One man took gunshots to his legs and torso, but was still able to escape by running across the roofs of adjoining houses to reach a back street. A cul-de-sac, basically. Okay, typical. Yeah. (laughs) This was his literal and figurative end. Oh no. The the man was found by police with uh, with a fatal gunshot through the ear. Not the ear. Yeah. Uh, that man was Pablo Escobar. Oh, yes. Okay, I thought all of this sounded familiar. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes. Okay. Uh, and his death set off a bonkers series of events that changed the landscape of Colombia's countryside unlike anyone could have predicted. But to understand how that happened, we need to understand how the man lived. Yes. Now, there's no way in hell we could sum up the excess of his lifestyle in a small section of one episode but I'm going to give you a taste, a small bump of a free sample, ah. if you will, to give you an idea, okay? Yes, please. So, Dr. Marissa, according to Wikipedia and the Business Insider article, 10 Facts Reveal the Absurdity of Pablo Escobar's Wealth, please tell us how this individual was basically the equivalent of Microsoft and Apple if they dealt exclusively in cocaine. All right. <laughs> I'm so excited. Popping my knuckles. Ready to read about... This. All right. (laughs) Quote, dubbed the king of cocaine, Escobar is the wealthiest criminal in history, having amassed an estimated net worth of 30 billion. 30 billion by the time of his death, equivalent to 64 billion as of 2021. While his drug cartel monopolized the cocaine trade into the United States in the 1980s and early 1990s. In 1976, Escobar founded the Medellin Cartel, which distributed powder cocaine and established the first smuggling routes into the United States. Fancy. Escobar's infiltration into the U.S. created exponential demand for cocaine. And by the 1980s, it was estimated Escobar led monthly shipments of 70 to 80 tons, (laughs) tons (laughs) monthly of cocaine into the country from Colombia. As a result, he quickly became one of the richest people in the world, but constantly battled rival cartels domestically and abroad leading to massacres and the murders of police officers, judges, locals, uh, and prominent politicians making Colombia the myrtle, mur- the myrtle, <laughs> the murder capital of the world. And quote, that was a delight to read. I, yeah. I amazing. My <laughs> cocaine history is the best <laughs> History. It's so fun. It's so violent. It's wild. It's wild. Uh, cocaine history should have been a class in college. It, cocaine <laughs> history instead of European history. Fuck that. Wow. I, I never thought I'd say this, but I need to become a college professor yesterday. So I could teach. Just, just to teach. Just to teach 
Cocaine History 101. Pablo 101. Pablo 101. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, despite... There's always tomorrow. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> so, uh, despite the massacres, Pablo, on occasion, gave back to the community in some positive ways. Uh, he was responsible for a lot of projects that built housing uh, and football and soccer fields for the, for the kids. Nice. His wealth subsidized a lot of stuff for those struggling to the point where locally he was considered a Robin Hood figure. Oh, yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. To, to like put that into perspective, his funeral was attended by over 25,000 people. Wow. Goals. <laughs> so, <laughs> so funeral, though, that's getting ahead of ourselves. Let's get back to the when he was alive. So yeah. now shit started to fall apart in the 90s. And long story short, Escobar surrendered surrendered to the authorities in 1991. Now, I think we all know, with the kind of world we live in, you don't send a wealthy man to prison. No. No, get this. With all the killing and the drugs and the violence and being the most successful criminal of all time, Escobar was sentenced to, you guessed it, five years in prison. A prison he could design and build himself with his own money. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God! So I don't. I actually don't know that much about Pablo Escobar, other than what he manu- about what he manufactures, yeah. manufactured. Um, but I didn't know about this. <laughs> he- yes. Yep. Oh my God. Uh huh. Why are we not in cartels right now? <laughs> We're we've been playing by the rules too long for t- our lives. I get tired it's- easy. <laughs> You know, I get tired too. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> so maybe we can maybe start a tomorrow. cartel tomorrow. <laughs> maybe it's on a to do to do list next yeah. to like it's like laundry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Order fresh direct. <laughs> start a cartel. Yep. Yep. We'll work we'll on it. Yeah. Exactly. So my friends, his sentence was to build a house and live in it. For a little bit. Oh my God! Um, I'm sorry. That is crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, continue. No, it's exactly right. Of course, this was no ordinary house. It went by the name La Carti- La Cathedral. Oh my God! Of course, it did. Due to its grandeur, and Dr. Marissa, if you would please, according to Wikipedia and the Frontline episode, the Godfather of Cocaine, um, <laughs> tell us more about this extraordinary prison known as La Cathedral. No, nothing would make me happier. All right, quote, in addition to the facility being built to Escobar's specifications, Escobar was also given the right to choose who would guard him. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. And it was believed he chose guards loyal only to him. Yeah. Of course. Uh, moreover, the prison was believed to have been designed more to keep out pres- uh, Escobar's enemies and protect him from assassination attempts than to keep Escobar in. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Smart. Duh. Um, the finished prison was often called Hotel Escobar or Club Medellin because of its amenities. La Cathedral uh, featured a football pitch, giant dollhouse, bar, jacuzzi, and a waterfall. Escobar also had a telescope installed that allowed him to look down onto the city of Medellin uh, to his daughter's residence while uh, talking on the phone with her. End quote. I mean, Escobar's prison sounds like 
better than anything I will ever experience <laughs> in my life. Um, yeah. Also, the dollhouse. Why not? How old was his daughter? I don't even know if he had one. <laughs> <laughs> I would I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't even have a daughter. But well, actually, that's did. what the yeah. telescope is for. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, sorry, a young daughter. I met. I have no idea. And she's probably forty. He was like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a house in the house. <laughs> Maybe that's what maybe it is. they thought it was a dollhouse, but it was just like a pool a smaller, house. Yes, yeah, smaller. Compared house. to the regular house, it's so much smaller. Exactly. But really, it's bigger than like the room we're in right now. <laughs> yes. It's bigger than this apartment. Ah, so I also have a photo um, of the view from the helipad at this residence slash prison if you want to see the Thank view. Thank God. Yes, <laughs> okay. I do. Okay, so you'd like to see uh, where the helicopters would land. Um, so this <laughs> photo Great. will also be available on all of our social media. So please come on by and enjoy the view. Uh, Dr. Marissa, what do you see from the prison's helipad? <laughs> I mean, this is the... I haven't seen many helipads, but I would have to say this is the nicest one. Um, I see a helipad. It's got potted, like, gorgeous palms. Palms. (laughs) It's got palms uh, in beautiful pots that look expensive. It's got benches. It's got uh, landscaping. And then a view of mountains. So, (laughs) fuck me. (laughs) Sign me up. I want to go to Hotel Escobar. I mean... (laughs) jail <laughs> so, uh, now my friends if you think the prison is flamboyant i didn't even mention what pablo designed and built when he was a free man or a freer man oh, whatever you, get, even, you know what i mean so, i didn't even think of that <laughs> right. it was a little place called la hacienda naples and uh, you should think of it as a luxurious estate for your inner child great okay you ready for this yeah <clears throat> about 90 miles east of medellin Pablo built a Spanish colonial house curated with a full sculpture park. Duh, uh, it of was worse. Yeah. It was paired with a complete zoo. Oh my god. That included antelope and elephants, exotic birds, giraffes, ostrich ostriches, <laughs> ponies, and of course, hippos. Ah. Four hippos to be exact. Put a big old pin in that. Well do. Okay, this 8 square mile estate had a massive collection of old uh, and luxury cars, bikes, uh, a private airport. Of course. Yes. A bull ring. Oh, my <laughs> God. Pablo. Yeah. A kart racing track and the occasional fully assembled dinosaur skeleton. <laughs> so, I believe there was also a mammoth. So. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I would love to have my own dinosaur skeleton. That sounds pretty, pretty cool. Bomb as hell. So. Um... I mean, yeah, he sounds like a rich uh, cartel owner. Car- right. Cartel leader? I don't even know cartel the word. Cartel owner? <laughs> I don't even know the, I don't know the words either. So. He sounds like a drug lord. This, so, this, that's it. This is, <laughs> this is classic drug lord stuff. Yeah. If, if you're with someone and they have a mammoth, you know. You're with slur- a drug lord. Yes. <laughs> Good for you. Be, be friends with that person and nothing else. <laughs> I like your motherly advice. You be nice to them. <laughs> Do not start a feud with them. They will win. Yes, they will win. Uh, now, maybe Pablo really missed his zoo and oh the cart God. and the cart racing track and, you know, the thrill of being the world's most successful criminal. Because even though his, air quotes, prison setup was a home we would all fucking Airbnb in a minute, 
Pablo really needed his life of crime to be fully happy. Of course. He just always. wasn't he just wasn't a complete person without his cocaine operation, which he continued to operate, which means he did on occasion torture and kill people at La Catedral, which is not supposed to happen. That was the bare minimum of the deal. Don't kill people, don't do the drug thing. He did it anyway. Pablo. So, yeah. Keep it together, man. <laughs> so, needless to say, the authorities got involved again. And this time, Pablo made a run for it. Fast forward to 1993 in that cul-de-sac when it all came to an end. Now, I know what you're thinking. Jill, what the fuck does this have to do with hippos and what happened to all of his shit? Yeah. I'm glad you asked. Yes. (laughs) Dr. Marissa, please tell us the first of many bonkers turns this story takes. What happened to the pleasure palace slash prison slash home of Pablo Escobar? Oh, my God. Pleasure palace. (laughs) That's what they should have called it. Okay. Quote, in 2007, a group of Benedictine, Benedictine, Benedictine monks. (laughs) are we doing arrived at the site and trans transformed it of course they did they built a chapel a library a cafeteria a guest house for religious pilgrimages workshops and a memorial to victims of the cartel in addition the monks hired laid off people to help with the daily running of la cathedral considering their efforts of reconstructing the reconstructing the prison uh, the city then ceded the entire prison to those monks. End quote. What? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm even more confused. How did these <laughs> monks get to it first? They got to it first, and uh, it's now a monastery. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's where, where people where where people were like murdered and tortured, and it's now where they pray. So. It's, I'm, uh, I would have done something different. Yes. <laughs> Any thoughts on what you would do? Oh, I would make it into an actual hotel and nightclub, uh, which is almost as bad as just a cartel. It's (laughs) it's almost as evil, if not more. It's like you have a license now. Yeah, exactly. A license to be shitty. Um, But yeah, I would do a hotel. So as for that massive zoo where God knows what happened, uh, Hacienda Naples? Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. If if you guessed it was transformed into a functional family-oriented theme park, you're right. Oh, my, I didn't even think of theme park. Wow. So uh, uh, according to MedlinGuru.com, in 2014, a, quote, Jurassic Park style theme park. Oh, my God. Started operating on the grounds of Hacienda Naples, which were rented by a private company. Of course. Hacienda Naples theme park comes complete with a water park with multiple attractions, a zoo without cages, and much more. Also, there are five hotels nearby associated with the theme park, end quote. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) Tell me more. Okay. (laughs) You're both hands in her face. So (laughs) So, there's nothing... There's nothing more hellish than a water park. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's hell on earth. I've had so much fun at so many water parks, but thinking back, I'm like, it was just a giant toilet. Kind of. We were in a toilet. And it did, it did twirl. You know, it did flush. It flushed. (laughs) We were in a toilet with Republicans. What were we thinking? Texas. She's talking about Texas. I'm talking about Texas. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Trauma. Okay. So, uh, good news. Although it 
shut down for five months due to a little thing called COVID-19. Uh-huh. The park has since reopened, and I'd like to tell you a little bit more about it. Please. <laughs> so, once upon a time. Okay. Atop the entrance to Pablo's Hacienda, now theme park, Mm -hmm. there sat a replica of a Piper PA-18 plane. Got it. Now, I have a photo of this entrance and the plane, uh, and Dr. Marissa, honestly, it's just a tiny private plane. It's got, like, one engine, one propeller, but I'd like to show it to you. Please tell everyone what you see in the photo. Of course, this photo will be on our social media, so come on by and take a look at this plane, this entrance. Uh, what do you see? I would love to tell you. Oh, this is actually really cute. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's kind of like, um, what's that thing they have at weddings that you get married under? Like a little... Like an arch? Like an arch. Yeah. Like, um, so there's this beautiful white arch. It feels very 80s. Um, it's white. It's got um, blue uh, text on it. It says um, Naples. Hacienda on it, and then on top of it uh, is a plane, and it's uh, it's it's profiled, and it's a cute little plane. It's like something it you would see in a movie. It's got the little propeller on the front. Mm-hmm. It's got little wheels, and it's also white. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's, it's damn cute. What a beautiful entrance! It is so adorable and so cute. So why the fuck did Pablo put that up there? Well, it turns out. It was this model plane which transported Escobar's first shipment of cocaine to the U.S. Oh, (laughs) my God. It acted as a celebratory, nostalgic ornament and a bold flex that the park just kept up there. I love it. You know, some people put, like, awards in their bathrooms. Mm. Not Pablo. No. 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 He put a plane. He put a plane (laughs) At the entrance of his home. That's right. Jesus. Now, I don't know if they looked into the meaning behind that plane, but maybe eventually someone did because it was removed in early 2019 because of what I just said. Uh, uh, but it was up there for a damn long time. I thought I should mention it. <laughs> so. I wonder if anyone sneaks there at night and like sneaks up into the plane and just licks the seats. <laughs> Takes mm. a little straw to like... I don't know, the the dashboard sees what's left. Inhales deeply. Um, So, where are my notes? Okay, so, uh, like I said, the park is physically massive. It's about 4,000 acres. God. And to put that into perspective, California's Disneyland is a mere 85 acres. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, it's massive. Why do you need that much park? Yeah, yeah, you have to see it in a couple of days. Like, people spend days there. I... Yeah, I, I can get into oh it. Like God. Disney, like Disney, you can book a variety of family packages that grant access to five water parks, the zoo itself, and other attractions on site, like the African Museum, okay. Bird's World, Butterfly Vivarium, and something called the Jurassic Adventure, because of all of Escobar's dinosaurs, so... That makes sense. I mean, I am glad they turned part of it into a museum because I can imagine he had a ton of, like, priceless whatever. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Speaking of Escobar, there is the Escobar Museum. Oh, well, there you go. Which which (laughs) contains his private car collection that was set on fire shortly after his death. (gasps) So you can view the charred remains of this. Uh, if you wish, and the abandoned ruins of his one-time home. Oh, my God. Now, that's... All right. Uh, (laughs) There's something for everyone here, and that's for me. Yeah, there's light in your eyes. I like that. Yes. Okay. You're not going to the toilet. No. (laughs) 
my water park days are done, but my cocaine house days will never end. No, that's that, that's part, forever. The party don't stop. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. So now burned cars look like burned cars. Yeah. So I have something more fun to look at, okay. uh, Dr. Marissa. I've got some photos of various water parks. Uh, hopefully, this won't cause any trauma we'll see. Uh, if you're interested <laughs> i'll show you uh if you'd like to see what happened to his cocaine getaway and i have to say i think they did it justice they really went all out if you'd like to Ooh. see some photos yes, okay of here's the first one please tell us what you see oh my gosh um well this is adorable it's a giant um pool and in the middle of the pool is the most gorgeous uh like octopus sculpture but it's like really big it's massive it's massive <laughs> and out of the bottom of it underneath its tentacles are slides so you can go up into the octopus and slide out of its butt butt <laughs> or armpits <laughs> or vagina or mouth i don't really know um yeah you can slide out of an orifice of its body yeah it's pretty great yeah I Deep down, I'm, I'm just hoping it was just built with cocaine, but I know it's not. It was built yeah. with coke money. So. Coke, yeah. So There you go. <laughs> so here is another lovely little part of the park. It's called the Savage River, which is problematic, but it's it looks lovely. It looks lovely. And I will say, um, as someone who went to Vegas when they were too young, uh, <laughs> 10, um, I really liked the part of Las Vegas that was a water park. Um, and every part of... Like a, a lot of Vegas hotels just have water parks in them and they always had lazy rivers. Mm. And this is a really excellent looking lazy river. Yeah. It's got a waterfall. It's got a lot of inner tubes and I bet it's just a really good time. It looks very clean. Yeah. I, I'm, re I'm into this. I like, well, it's like tubing down a river. You just, yeah. Basically you just sit there and drink. It's great. Exactly. So it's kind of like that. Good times. Yeah. So in some very weird Robin Hood way, Escobar's Hacienda slash accidental theme park was his greatest gift. Eventually, it became the largest employer in the region. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. <gasps> so this place changed a lot of people's lives for good. But there's always a but. Yeah. Shortly after Escobar's death in 93, the government had a problem. Okay, okay. They couldn't afford to keep the place running, so they decided to adopt out the animals. Okay. And eventually wait for someone to buy the land. Okay. Well, finding homes for birds, giraffes, ostriches, ponies, that was easy. Not so easy were the hippos. Oh my god. Those, yeah. four, those four hippos. They're big and hard to move. Exactly. They were too large, pissed off, and dangerous to move. Yeah. <laughs> So they did what most governments do. Nothing. So oh, classic government. <laughs> so classic. The hippos were left unattended on this massive empty estate for years. Oh my god. Four hippos turned to eight. <gasps> eight turned to twelve. Twelve turned to sixteen. And by two thousand seven, feral hippos had broken out of the estate. <gasps> spreading into at least four lakes in the area and expanded into a multitude of neighboring rivers. Today, there's an estimated 80 to 120 of them roaming the countryside. Oops. <laughs> yes. Whoops. My friends, Colombia has an invasive hippo problem, and it's thanks to the godfather of cocaine, Pablo Escobar. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. So, after the break... What do you do when you have a real-life hungry, hungry hippo problem? No idea. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Stay tuned. Please do. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And as Ned Flanders would say, we're in a 
We're in a dilly of a pickle. Oh my God. <laughs> I love that we're quoting Ned Flanders. It's about goddamn time. I know, it really is. Uh, let's begin with some hippo facts. Um, first, hippos are not native to South America. Nope. <laughs> Nay. They call 30 countries in Africa home, according to the African Wildlife Federation. Good uh, There's two hippo species, the common hippo and the pygmy. Heard of it. Uh, it's the common hippo we think of when we think of hippo. They're okay. just fucking huge. Yeah. Uh, they can grow up to 17 feet long and weigh up to 10,000 pounds. God, that's so much hippo. That is so much hippo. So much. Yeah. Uh, to put this into perspective, that's like the weight range of an African elephant. So, so yeah. yeah, but good news. It's the massive common hippo that's taking over Colombian countryside. Of course. <laughs> the Colombian countryside. Sorry. Of course. For real, for a moment, just a moment, ecologists believe this might be a blessing in a chubby disguise. What? Last year, LiveScience.com reported on a study that noted 11,000 years ago, lots of massive herbivores lived in the area, contributing to its growth. But eventually, with evolution, many died out. Scientists were curious and wondered if the common hippo would actually fit right in. Quote, in Colombia, the renegade hippos present a chimera of multiple extinct species trait combinations. In other words, the hippos' impact on their adopted habitat, like how much and what type of plants they eat, how much they move around with their range, how much... Uh, how they digest their meals and the quantity of nutri- nutrients they return to the habitat as poop was once performed by a variety of sizable native plant eaters. Oh, so they, this has happened before and it went well? Question mark? Well, there were huge herbivores, yeah, many different types, but eventually they died out. So yeah. they were like, this, this hippo is like all of them in one. Maybe this will work out. Yeah. So hmm. uh, continuing the quote, this means that hippos may graze on riverbanks in a manner that echoes the habits of extinct llamas once in the region, but may distribute nutrients via poop in a manner that is more similar to another extinct river animal. The researchers reported, end quote. So, you know, optimism was running high. Maybe, yeah. maybe these new 10,000 pound creatures would slip right in and just meld with the environment. Like, you'd never know that they were there. Yeah, totally chill. I would never notice a 10,000-pound hippo yeah. um, mm-hmm. chilling out yeah. in, in my environment right. that wasn't there before. So, Dr. <laughs> never Marissa, noticed. with your previous experience with invasive species on the show, uh-huh. <laughs> what do you think happened? Uh, something bad. Yeah. Um, definitely something bad. <laughs> I think resources were taken from other animals. Um, uh-huh. I think... Um, Hippos, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Took up, they just take up a lot of. I feel like they'll ruin something. I feel like they'll step <laughs> on stuff. Yeah. I feel like they'll walk through someone's like farm and just destroy it. Yeah. Um. Everything you said is exactly right. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Oh, I'm right. You're right. Oh my god. Let's yeah. remember this moment forever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. These walking, eating, pooping tanks with no natural predators certainly made themselves at home, and it was becoming a hippo-sized problem for everyone else. Oh, my God. From Gizmodo's staff writer, Darna Noor, Dr. Marissa, please tell us the real-life side effects of these cocaine hippos. I would love to talk about it. All right. Quote, it's true that the descendants of Escobar's hippos are posing real problems. What a sentence. They're, they're eating massive quantities of foliage and thereby 
threatening the food supply for native species of the Magdalena River, like otters, uh, speckled caimans, and turtles. The hippo's voluminous poop is also <laughs> altering local waterways chemistry and oxygen levels, which can lead to algae blooms that sicken people and wildlife alike. The hippos have also been straight up attacking people. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Chasing them around and even seriously injuring one man in May 2020. And the creatures are continuing, are continuing, are continuing to procreate too, with estimates from one group of scientists which were published in the journal Biological, Biological Conservation showing that there could be more than 1,400 hippos roaming the country by the end of the next decade. End quote. My favorite thing from that was that they're straight up attacking people. (laughs) Oh my God. There's just so many of them. And like you said, they need space. So can you imagine like walking down a street that you've never seen a hippo on? (laughs) There it is. And there it is chasing you. Yeah. Chasing you down the street while you're trying to run your errands. These hippo hippos are just all about personal space. They are the they are if, if a if personal space needed a mascot, it's the hippo. I get it. Yeah, you know I love my personal space too, <laughs> but I don't weigh ten thousand pounds. Yes, I know, Sometimes exactly. I feel like it, but I I I don't take up that much mass, so. and I don't make poop that ruins the water. That's, that's, that's also <laughs> that's another funny one that I really like. I I love that these are such a problem. They shit that much, but you know they're not giving any fucks. They're just like whatever. <laughs> this is our this is, this is our problem. town now. <laughs> so uh, it's that last estimate that four fourteen hundred number. Yeah, uh, it's what's worrying Colombian ecologists the most. <sighs> uh, more baby hippos growing up to make more baby hippos. Yeah. Uh, my friends, an adult can live up to 50 years. Oh, my God. And mating occurs once every two years. So that's a lot of math. That's a lot of math. Also, yeah. 50 years yeah. of hippo? 50 years of hippo. Hot damn. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. So a solution was needed. Cut to a study published in the journal Biological Conservation, which recommended the herd be culled. Okay. And if culled sounds a lot like killed, you're right. Oh my god. It's a nice okay. yeah, it's a nice way of saying selectively slaughtered. Oh my heart aches. Yeah. This yeah. upset a lot of people. Yeah. It upset a lot, and I mean a lot. Everyone from biologists, animal lovers, animal rights activists to tourists who gather every year to catch a glimpse to catch a glimpse of Escobar's hippo herds. Uh, they all protested against the idea. I, I, yeah, I get it. And also, Escobar's hippo herd. <laughs> that sounds like code for a new drug. <laughs> but it's not. It's just the truth. It's literal. It's literal. <laughs> so, so an alternative plan was agreed upon. And although it was going to be damn difficult, scientists and volunteers stepped up to the task. It was decided they'll shoot Individual hippos with a dart filled with contraceptives. Oh, my God. Yes. That's actually really smart. Really smart. Really difficult Why to don't do. they shoot humans with this? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. No. Why don't they just give us contraceptives for all... Uh, this is a whole other podcast. No, that's... Where they, they, don't, they don't do that in this country. They don't give out contraceptives. What? <laughs> 
So anyways. What madness are you talking about? Free healthcare. Jesus. <laughs> if only. Anyway, back to the hippo herds. Madness. So the process has already begun. Uh, as of mid-October, 24 hippos have already been sterilized with a vaccine called uh, Gonicon. Okay. Which the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Wildlife Research Center developed back in the day to control populations of deer and wild horses in the U.S., uh, wild cattle in the Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, sorry, not the Hong Kong. The Hong Kong. (laughs) Jesus. In Hong Kong and kangaroos in Australia. So, Dr. Marissa, how exactly does this work? I would love to tell you. All right, quote, uh, Ghanakan works on both males and females by stimulating the production of antibodies that interfere with the production of sex hormones called gonadotropins, thereby decreasing sexual activity and inhibiting reproduction as long as a sufficient level of antibody activity is present. Uh, end quote, according to the USDA. Love it. That's go. very complicated, but it sounds like a better solution than just, you know, the, other, the yeah. other one. Yeah. So this sounds like it's all wrapped up in a neat little package, yeah? Yeah, done. Yeah, so, well, there's one more interesting plot twist. Of course. So last year, Colombian attorney Luis, uh, Luis Domingo Gomez Maldonado and the U.S. Animal Advocacy... I can remember this. Is, I'm, I'm fucking up the easy words. <laughs> what? It's a lot of syllables we're going through. I'm not going to lie. So the uh, Colombian attorney, uh-huh. Luis Domingo Gomez Maldonado, and the U.S. Animal Advocacy Group, Animal Legal Defense Fund, each filed a lawsuit to guarantee the hippo's physical safety in writing and make it legally binding. Nice. They wanted to make certain the hippos received the safest drugs and no culling would be involved. Okay. Now, this is kind of hard to do because these are feral hippos, an accidental invasive species that belongs to no one. The question is, do they have the right to be treated humanely? Yes. Yeah. According to the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Ohio, fuck yeah, they do. Now. (laughs) Ohio. Okay. Yeah, right. Random. (laughs) From gizmodo.com. Quote, the Animal Legal Defense Fund filed a legal application to depose two Ohio-based wildlife experts who study non-surgical sterilization to provide testimony on behalf of the plaintiffs who, to be clear, are the hippos. Amazing. I love this. Hippo court. (laughs) That's right. The Colombian legal system can't compel someone in the U.S. to provide testimony or to produce documents, but we have this federal law that allows interested persons in Colombia to go to the U.S. and obtain those documents and testimony, Christopher Berry, the attorney overseeing the U.S. US case, said. So we applied for the hippo's rights to compel the wildlife expert's testimony in order to support the Colombian litigation of non-lethal sterilization, and now the U.S. District Court the Southern District of Ohio has granted that application, recognizing that the hippos are interested persons. He said that was a lot. Now, this may seem like a minor and incremental step in the hippos' court proceedings, but in granting this application, the district court recognized animals as these animals as legal persons for the first time in U.S. history. Oh my God. End quote. I thought that was what you were saying. And I was like, am I not grasping this correctly? Or are these hippos people? Yeah. 
They're people. They're, they're people being represented. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. I, hippo court, y'all. <laughs> I'm right. so into this. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The first animals to be recognized as legal persons in the U.S. are a group of Colombian hippos that descended from Pablo Escobar's private zoo funded by cocaine. Put that whole goddamn sentence on a fucking tote. That is a thing of beauty that is real and actually happened. (laughs) Wow! Like I said at the top of the show, you can't make this shit up. No! I am so sweaty. (laughs) I've said so many words. Well done. Uh, Nailed it. Nailed it. What a story. It had everything. It had everything. It had everything. It had cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) And other stuff. (laughs) Thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, telling your friends about Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos. There is so much. There was so much. Just sit them down. Yeah. Get them a drink. Tell them everything. And tell them everything from 1970s on, the whole damn thing. I love it. (laughs) Who wouldn't love this story? And please, stay interesting. Please do.